Hey, passionate DJs. Today's episode is a little different, and I'm excited to introduce my special guest co-host for the day, but I do need to remind you about our monthly bonus episode called After Party, where we include extra recordings and deleted scenes and other things that you don't get in the main show. You can access After Party by becoming a supporter on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash passionate DJ. If you're a hardcore passionate DJ supporter and you want this great content to keep coming, please consider signing up and access all the bonus content that we've made up to this point. Okay, on with the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and I have a special co-host with me today, the one, the only, Michael Michael. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show, Pops. How you hey, doing? Uh, I'm really uh, interested to see what you got <laughs> planned today. So let's, uh, before the comment section breaks out, let's just address this uh, right off the bat. Is that your real name? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> and it has spawned many, many a different nickname. So all it means is that, yeah, you have like a ready, ready-made uh, DJ monikers, right? A DJ Xerox. Yeah. Or uh, Eminem. DJ uh, Michael Square. Oh, I'm sorry. That's already taken. Eminem's yeah. already taken. Um, yeah, Michael Square. DJ Michael Square. Ditto. I, I use Ditto as my Discord name, actually. Oh, there so. you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a weird episode because it's not exactly, you know, obviously we're not sitting at the DJ booth. We're sitting over here at my collection of these classic archaic uh, <laughs> video game consoles. And uh, I wanted to do an episode about this uh, old box over here called the Commodore 64 that I grew up with and uh, for some reason, I've uh, have like a super nostalgic, uh, you know, place in my heart for for this machine, <laughs> and uh, a large part of that has to do with the the sound chip that's in it, called the SID chip. Uh, very well used, very uh, in some ways ahead of its time, and in some ways just an exploited, glitchy little chip that uh, got abused and beaten into these beautiful, amazing songs. And so, uh, you know, this isn't going to be the episode for everybody. It's kind of weird. It's super nerdy, right? We're going back 30 yeah, years. We're, we're having definite nerdgasms here. On yeah. This one. So we're just, you know, we're, this is kind of self-indulgent episode. I wanted an excuse to do it, but we are going to kind of tie it into the DJing thing a little bit, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, so basically what I did is I said, hey, Dad, I have this idea. I want to do this Commodore episode. Uh, but, you know, as I was growing up, you were the one that, you know, you and mom bought the Commodore and then kind of introduced me to a lot of these early sounds. And, and uh, we'll get into kind of how that happened a little bit later. But I said, hey, it would be really fun to just bring you in and do this episode. What do you think? And you said, yeah, sure. Why not? So I said, give me a list of songs that you'd want to play and I'll add a couple to it and uh, we'll, we'll do the thing. So um, I got even more nerdy and pretentious with it. And decided that I could, there are a couple of ways we could have done this episode, right? Yeah. Uh, we could have just done MP3 rips or played it, you know, through an emulator or something like that. Uh, but we're actually hooked up directly to an actual legit Commodore 64. Uh, and we are going to be playing through the actual sound chip, you know, routed directly into my mixer, the output of the Commodore 64. You're getting the pure analog recording. Um, as it comes, you know, straight out, um, noise and all, you know, you'll hear when I actually hear, I'll, I'll unmute the channel. Oh, the little hum. Yeah, remember that? Not, a, <laughs> not as loud. I, I used to adjust my levels when, when I, yeah, you know, try to 
EQ it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a pain. So I, I decided that if I'm if I'm doing this right, I'm going to give you the raw, authentic audio. I'm not going to alter it in any way. So you're going to get noise and all. It's just coming straight through. And the way that I've done this is actually through this handy little device. It's called the SID to IEC, and uh, basically what this is is a uh, micro SD card, and it plugs into the like the cassette port <laughs> on the back of the Commodore, and oh, you can you mean plug... the port that we never used when we actually played the games? Because well, we had a disk so... drive. Yeah. So it would take 15 <laughs> minutes to load instead of 35 minutes to load a, a game. Correct. Right? <laughs> so it plugs into these this old data set port and actually gives you access to an SD card. And so there's this collection, and it's called the High Voltage SID Collection. And basically what it is is they take all these sound files from the Commodore. Basically everyone ever made is the, is the idea. There's like 56,000 of these files. And they've compiled it all into one zip file that you can download. So mm -hmm. I, um, I'll just read quickly from the, uh, I think this is from the website itself. The HVSC project is an attempt to accurately archive the most popular C64 SIDs into one complete collection. The project was started in May of 96 when a few ambitious people decided to merge the many SID collections available on the internet into one masterpiece. The previous SID collections contained many bugged SIDs, repeats, and inaccurate credits, not to mention being highly disorganized, thus it was not a simple copy and paste, unfortunately. An additional challenge was being compatible with other platforms. The only way one true collection can exist is if we remain compatible with the major operating systems currently in use. As we merged the collection, we began to realize that many famous SIDs were missing, mm -hmm. so yada yada. They kind of go on and on and basically ex explain, hey, this was a labor of love, and we've been working on this for years and years, and this is the. And they're still updating this collection. The last release was, I think, January of this year, and they've been doing this archive for at least 10 or 15 years. So well, it, it's a pretty Im impressive, massive collection. If you remember, I've also pointed out to you that uh, even in the old tapes that I made that uh, the the hackers of that, these of these guys these uh, these collections uh, added their own little spin on it mm -hmm. and you know the 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 chip itself uh, allowed for voice yeah you could uh, you could do very simple sound sampling yeah if you knew how to exploit the chip yeah uh in some cases it got really bad and it was like uh ick <laughs> but but uh, it was impressive at the time because we'd never heard actual audio samples come through mm -hmm. something like that but like turned on your nintendo and hearing like a low quality mp3 you're like what that's mm -hmm. weird you know so uh yeah like uh even though we probably don't have access to it right now in the tape collection there there's a an old game called gyrus oh no no apocalypse is uh apocalypse uh mega apocalypse mega apocalypse yes that's it that's it and uh they had uh, a song by i believe it's ron hubbard mm -hmm. uh you know the, the the whole main theme ran through it and they had somebody who hacked in a uh a version of that but it had this voice sample of this girl going my resurrection yeah it was it was like <laughs> a late 90s early 2000s like euro dance yeah sound yeah yeah and then uh, sure enough i found it on youtube and uh you know then i i'm like going oh here it is it's <laughs> like you mean those guys hacked it in 
Yeah, I, I, it just blows the mind, you know, all the sound that you can get just from that, that chip itself. Yeah, especially for something so so comparatively primitive. I mean, what else do you compare it to? Like the Atari computers of the time, which were sound-wise were, were terrible in comparison, or like, what, a Nintendo Entertainment System, which sounded cool, but in a much different way. Mm-hmm. You know, it just had a different set of voices and different set of capabilities. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but uh, I guess we should go ahead and get into some examples and start playing some of these tracks. Uh, so I found all the ones that I could find. Like I said, I downloaded the whole Sid collection. It's like 56,000 songs, and I went through pulling out, which, you know, some of them have multiple versions by different artists, and you got to find the right one and right. look up the original musician and stuff. So it's been uh, an interesting little project, but uh, I think I've got most of the stuff. And uh, I'm going to stand up here, and those of you who are watching on the YouTube audience are actually going to see me loading from the actual Commodore here. Let's see, I think it's SidPlay.prg is the name of the program. Comma 8, comma 1. Yep, <laughs> turning on the Wayback Machine here. Okay, so once it's loaded the program into memory, we just tell it to run. That's how old basic for the Commodore 64 works. And this is a program called SidPlay. And basically what it's asking me right now is to choose a device. Let's zoom in here for the YouTube audience. It's asked me to choose a device, so it's just saying, hey, which SID chip are you talking about? This is just a normal, unmodified Commodore. It's only got one SID chip, so I'm just going to select it. Do you have a second SID? No. Uh, funny thing about that, though, I do have a board. It's called a SID to SID, and it lets you solder two SID chips onto one board and then connect it. And then instead of three-voice polyphony, you get six-voice polyphony. Or another way to think of that is you actually get stereo sound, which you don't actually have on here. Yeah. Um, skip SIDs. So it's just asking some questions about playing modded, modified SIDs. We don't have to worry about that. And then keyboard or joystick. We're using the keyboard today. It wants us to pick a color scheme here. So you can choose. This is like the classic look, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but funny thing about this Commodore, this is an old cantankerous, you know, this thing's literally as old as I am. And it has uh, some issues, specifically with displaying a few lines of video down here. Mm-hmm. So um, I found that actually the darker color schemes just come through better while still being readable. So there you <laughs> turned on that right there. And here I've made a folder called Podcast, and we've got all our SID files oh, sitting man, right there. Look at all those. Yeah. <laughs> So um, they're basically just alphabetical order. Uh, that's as good an order as any to me, unless you have a, a particular track you'd like to start out with. No, I, you, you can start off any order. Okay, well, Alien's up at the top, so let's start with Alien. Oh, gosh. And so basically the way this works is I'm going to hit Enter, and it's going to load the SID file, which on a 30-year-old computer takes a few minutes, right? <laughs> So it'll it'll think for a moment and then it'll just start playing. So it might kind of catch us off guard yeah. when it starts playing. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So one one cool thing about this is one one desirable trait about the SID chip is its filters. And this whole song is just like alternating filter settings. So you get to hear this loop and hear what the SID chip does with its filters. I'm going to pour us a beer while this is playing. Sounds good. (laughs) 
So those kind of like wah wah sounds, like yeah, it's almost like having the foot pedal there, you know. Yeah, like a wah pedal for a guitar. That's the filters, because the pitch of the sound isn't changing; it's just looping, you know. Listen how gritty that sawtooth wave is. tracks that just loops forever isn't it yeah pretty much yeah. so yeah that kind of gives you an idea and that's basically just a single voice coming out so we're starting pretty simple um this isn't one of the most complex compositions but it does show you kind of that that gritty analog saw wave and those those dirty filters that kind of make those iconic sounds which from my understanding there's still some chip tune uh artists out there that are still using that gritty sound oh yeah uh, With SID chips. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, I mean, I loved it back then. I'm, I'm, I really loved listening to electronic music and stuff. I mean, even when I was in junior high, you know, we were, they had little snippets of electronic music and I was like yeah. digging on it. Well, that was another reason that I, you know, I've been looking for a reason to bring you on the show for a long time and th this was kind of the, the excuse, right? But... Uh, a lot of that, I mean, the the influences on me and where I've gone with DJing and production and getting into rave music and all this kind of stuff, a lot of that started with those influences. It was this old machine playing these weird songs, and then it was like the kind of like European electronic music that you listen to that I, I didn't hear other people playing. You know, it, it wasn't just the radio hits of the day. I was hearing things... Even like stuff like Depeche Mode, okay, we'll take, that one's pretty popular, but hearing stuff like that and just hearing the pads and the strings and the big reverb-soaked vocals and stuff really set me on a path. You combine it with this and, and you've got my musical taste, right? <laughs> I think the earliest electronic music that I brought in the house was Kraftwerk. Mm -hmm. I still have that CD that you bought it was like one of the first CDs we had. It's Kraftwerk the Mix. Yep. It was like 92. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like a bunch of iconic Kraftwerk songs, but just like slightly remixed and remastered. And I still listen to that all the time. It's a, my preferred versions of those songs, you know what I mean? Because it's the ones I grew up hearing. Well, you know, Mr. Cassette Tape here, you know, I record whatever I wanted to uh, on the cassette tapes or, you know, that was the preferred medium because, you know, basically records tended to get scratched. Yeah. And, and, and popping and hissing. Sometimes the, that sound is nice and classical to hear. But, uh, you know, yeah, I got into tapes. And, yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you that I've, I've been through a lot of those different genres, like 8-track. Tell me about records, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, you did tell me about records because all you got to do is turn to your right and see your old record collection up on the shelves over there. Yeah, I know. I was surprised that you still <laughs> wanted them. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's some gems in there. A lot of the ones that I post on, like, on our Instagram account and stuff, those are a lot of those are your old records. I've got behind that passionate DJ bag back there. Do you see what record that is on that? Future Shock by Herbie Hancock. Yep. You didn't even have to read it. You know. <laughs> no, I, I, I knew. I knew what the, the cover looked like from here. Yep. And then I've got you know um, more stay in the time and all your old Parliament records and all that. So I love that stuff. I started buying more funk records to add to that collection. <laughs> so I've got like Ohio Players and all kinds of stuff in there. Oh, jeez. Um, so yeah, this this Sid chip. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so <laughs> SID stands for Sound Interface Device. Pretty simple. Uh, it was the name of the sound chip used in the VC-10, the C64, and the Commodore 128, which I actually have one of those right here. This is basically... Shot off there, Vanna. Yeah. This is kind <laughs> of like the... Uh, I don't know if it's proper <coughs> to call me. it the next generation of the 64, but this is like another iteration. Uh, so it's got an expanded keyboard. It's got like the full number pad and stuff. And there were two versions of the SID chip, like the 6581 and the 8580 or yeah. something like that. And uh, the later chip was in this 128 and some other models of the 64. This one has the original. It's also the chip that was in the old brown bread bin Commodore. Remember the original yeah. brown one, like Grandma had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but we had the 64C. That's what this one is. Yeah, that's the one that was in our house. So that's the one that I got back because I don't know nostalgia, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it was uh, developed by Bob Yanis, uh, who is an employee of uh, MOS Technology. They're like a microchip firm, and his intention was to implement a real subtractive synthesis chip, which was totally different from all other home computer sound devices of its time. The chip's distinctive sound is easily recognized and was clearly ahead of the competition. The chip combines analog and digital circuitry that cannot be emulated with 100% fidelity even today. See? So I'm not crazy. I'm just I'm purist, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Emulated sounds do come very close to the original, and a layperson is not likely to know the difference. The SID sound is well known among retro gamers. And then I have a quote from the designer. He said, I thought the sound chips on the market, including those in the Atari computers, were primitive and obviously had been designed by people who knew nothing about music. <laughs> so he was serious about this thing. Uh, the funny thing is, they actually rushed the development of the SID chip, which is why they came out with a later revision of it. Mm -hmm. But they uh, didn't actually get all the stuff designed to spec. They had to like cut a lot of corners. And a lot of that stuff resulted in the glitches and the dirtiness that ended up by the mid-80s basically just getting exploited by all these musicians who said, oh, if I tweak this memory registry just right, then I can make it do this wacky thing that makes it sound like this is in stereo even though it's not. Glitch up? Kind of. At least the glitch part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of, they're just like, what can we do to, to make this thing do awesome crazy sounds and it actually spawned what later became known as the demo scene mm. you know where people were trying to exploit uh, both video and the sound properties of these old machines and say look like we made a 3d engine on the commodore how crazy is that you know and there, there are people that to this day they develop commodore software just to to see what they can make it do <laughs> you know? uh, if i had my druthers i'd probably still have the machine uh in fact you know when it, you know Way back when, I'm going to say, you know, the way back machine 20 years ago, 
I was taking all of those old games and I put them on a CD and emulators mm -hmm. and whatever so that I could still have them. I still have the collection at home. Yep. It's like over 600 games or something like that. And uh, one of them was the, uh, I forget the music player that it was, but it, uh, if you remember, I took uh, a couple of the, the the music book from Pink Floyd Anthology. Yeah, it was called Composer. C Composer, mm -hmm. yep, that's it. And I made uh, The Wall on it mm -hmm. and uh, Goodbye Blue Sky. Yep. And, you know, it's like it had, I think it had like three voices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just enough so that you'd recognize the song. And, you know, I arranged it through the stereo so that it, sounded stereo <laughs> yeah yeah we're going to talk about the mixtapes and stuff here too i, I definitely want to get into that because that kind of leads into my, my influence i think about like because in a way you were you were playing dj with that so we're we're going to talk about that uh how about arkanoid want to play that one sure so this is a fun track arkanoid uh is pretty recognizable a lot of people who've been gaming for a long time will, will know that title because it was on a, a bunch of different platforms um, but like many multi-platform softwares of the time, the Commodore version had the best music. Yeah, these these have kind of random load times, so. Yeah, this one's, there we okay. go. pretty neat because we're you and I are listening to this in headphones yep and I promise to you that this is a single mono track that we're listening to but as we listen to this in headphones like I would swear some of these tracks are in full stereo it's just the way that they're designed and they're the sound design and also just the exploits that they do to make it sound that way they do these weird like they even though they only have three shared voices mm -hmm. like three tracks to work with they, it makes they it alternate sound like between them. And it makes it sound like the sound is centered in a different area. It does, and, they, and, <coughs> and they'll stop playing one sound in favor of another, and if they do it in a clever enough way, it sounds like there's seven or eight tracks playing, mm -hmm. but really they're just sacrificing some tracks in favor of others. You just, you know, if you do it right, you don't notice as much. It's just, it's really clever. And the thing about it is, if you, if you look into how to actually program 
this this music it's like programming it's like writing typing code i mean it's it's not like i mean we did have like composer and programs mm -hmm. like that which gave you a staff but as for actually like what these authors did to create this music it's like typing a bunch of code that garbage you know what i mean and so it's like to not only take those take that code and make something musical and something that's exploiting the system and pushing the envelope is like I don't know. It's like the Wild West of early synth design, you know? It's just it's a co so cool to me. This one was done by Martin Galway. That's going to be a recurring name, you see. Um, also David Whitaker and also Rob Hubbard. Mm -hmm. Very Ron Hubbard. No, Rob Hubbard. Rob. Rob. It's Rob. Um, very popular names in the Commodore 8-bit scene, I guess, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> as far as famous no, you, musicians you in the Commodore world goes. Uh, quite frankly, you could recognize some of the composers by the way they did some mm. of the music. But some, the style. Yeah. Some of it stuck out so much, and those became favorites. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we'll, we'll hear some of them later, but, uh, you know, it's like uh, Ron liked to do stuff like uh, exploit the SID chip to make it sound like a, an electric guitar. Yes. And it was like hitting the guitar. It's like, yeah. Plus with the like the sliding notes and mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. You know what? Let's talk about this. So I'm holding two cassette tapes. There used to be at least four of them. Yeah, I'm I'm holding what uh, what remains here. <laughs> I have these two, and then uh, the one says C64 Computer Music Games Volume One. One says Volume Three. And then I have another one that has Amiga music mm -hmm. on it, and I think Commodore Hacker themes yeah. on it. Yep. Ikari um, Stomp and all those good ones. Yeah. So <laughs> what are these? I mean, obviously mixtapes, right? Yeah. Uh, what were you trying to do, and how did you do it? Well, and This is turned on the Wayback Machine. These are almost as old as I am. So I like the music so much. I would literally sit in front of the old TV... Okay, and I would play the game through to certain parts to get the rest of the music because they didn't have the Sid uh, collection. You couldn't just like the music. You had to be a gamer, too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I will admit it. Yes, I'm a gamer. I, I confess. Yep. <laughs> yeah, look behind me. I was born into this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, at first, you know, when I first started them, uh, I would sit late at night, you know, a couple hours, you know, in our little one-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. And I had, at first I had this god-awful little tape player. And, you know, it was, it was a one-channel record, so it's like... Like a boombox? Yeah. yeah. And I would hit record, and I would, you know, each, each time I played the game, it says, okay, I've... I, I've made oh okay now it's now it's going to switch over to uh it's loading the the, the next one and it's like then I hit record again <laughs> to to get that part and then it's like afterwards it's like okay now they're two spaced apart and then I'd have to go back and edit the tapes yeah like physically and, and I had a it was a dual track boombox and so it's like I would stop and play the tape and and <laughs> you know, yeah it was a heck of a lot of timing and yeah. you know, sometimes it worked out, and sometimes it was like, meh. 
<laughs> what what was your audio routing like? Like I I think you probably did it a couple different ways. I don't know if your process yeah. evolved, but I th- it, it, I remember it did evolve. you know this is these are some of my <laughs> earliest memories. So I, some of this I may have made up in my head over time, but I I remember sitting in front of the analog CRT television mm-hmm. and you literally had mic'd it and you were recording microphone recordings. And I don't know if that's how all the tapes were made, but I, rem- I remember this happening at least once. We, yeah. Uh, I it, think you eventually switched to like a line in yeah, or something. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it, the, uh, I had a, a Rena Center uh, model stereo that, you know, it's like I had dual tapes on it and I had dual tapes on the boom box that I purchased. And so between those two, it was like I would do all my editing back and forth. <laughs> and then the, the final tape, you know, would get, you know, the, the music that I wanted. Yeah. You know, so it's like so you get rough, it. rough, rough, final, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to get, yeah, the, the rough cuts, but then you, you're also creating copies of copies effectively. So you, yeah. you try to get the most pristine dub yes. that you can and then redub that and so that you eventually end up with a so final yeah. product that's, yeah, that's I, good. I, I, I went through the uh, dual mic stage for a little while and it's a, then it's like, no, because, you know, I think we had a cat that actually came by and meowed in it or something. Wicked. And, yeah, wicked. <laughs> Aw, uh, that was my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, what is that? It's called RVC or something where it's, it's like a two prongs that connect to the back. Uh, this here? RCAs? Well, no, that when the original Commodore, it had this like, two-prong thing that attached to your antenna oh to and the screw yeah, terminals yeah 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 and so you had to to lead it to the back of that <laughs> oh, tie it into that turn it on channel three it's the thing you used to connect your rabbit ears to yeah yeah and and then you know it's like later we got a tv that had stereo headphone jacks i'm like going Ooh. yeah <laughs> we're moving up <laughs> so you know i i, I plugged a, a y cord into it you know, and then, you know, it split the Y cord. That changed everything. Yep. And it split the Y cord into the back, and then I plugged it into the back of the stereo uh, audio, audio auxiliaries. And, you know, and then, you know, I'd had my finger on that pause button waiting to record, mm-hmm. you know, every time while I played through the games. <laughs> so now you're, now you're a DJ making mixtapes, in my opinion. At the, even if you didn't consider yourself that, you're, you're a DJ without an audience. Right. But, I mean, DJs make mixtapes, you know, and you're going through this whole creative process and stuff. Did, tell me this. Did you have any, did you have any um, planning or thought put into the order of the tracks and what followed what, or was it just a random compilation? Sometimes it was random. A lot. Because when of... I hear it back, they all logically lead into each other, but it's because they're this, the same track order that I heard for years because I used to listen to the tapes all the time. So I'm. Well, biased, you know. I, I liked certain styles of the music, and it's like, okay, I needed something to break it up. And, you know, and that's how I thought. You know, it's like, mm. let's play these few awesome games together and then, like, have... The ballad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to break it up, and then... But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's how... That, what my thinking is on it. You know, it's like, you know, you've got the California games, and each one had, you know, you played each little... yeah set and then they have their own little music and then it's like okay let's dub that in well it's funny as i look <coughs> at the, the the old track list here we've got master of magic on here that's one of the tracks we're going to play later 
uh, losing and winning mode included. So yep. you, you'd have to play the game and yep. die, and yes. then you had to play the game and win yes. and record all the versions. It, it, it probably took uh, maybe three or four times playing the game all the <laughs> way through a hard game. to finally get to where I won. And it's, then it's like, really? It's only about 10 seconds worth of loop? <laughs> And we've got uh, Night Games was another one, and it had, like, you know, jousting and Knight. stuff in it. <laughs> and, but it was, you put Night Games. Sword Fight, Staff, Archer, Flail, Sword, Pike, Crossbow. It, so you, you had to go play every yeah. stage to get the music for that. And then you had to make sure that no action was happening yeah. so you didn't get sound effects. Right. <laughs> which is the tricky part. Then there was, uh, that, that, that's another uh, interesting thing you brought up. You know, I remember going through a lot of joysticks on some of these like <laughs> summer games, winter games, mm-hmm. you know, that and they they were compatible with the uh Atari yeah. you know, one Yeah, this, that one. Yeah, this here, this the single button Atari yeah. joystick. And same port and everything. The and the thing about some of the games is like they would tear the hell out of them because they had you doing yeah, going back and forth. And yeah, like to run, you would have to do full 360. Yeah, yeah. The game design and the 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 thought and care and attention that put into creating these games that had directions and one button, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, and they were, I mean, these rich games. It was just pretty cool. Uh, Comic Bakery is next. You want to do that one? Yeah, that 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 one is is really weird because you know it's like Comic Bakery. You think it's something that's like. You know, it's supposed to be whimsical, but it sounds more like it should be in a war video <laughs> because of the way it, it, you know, it plays through. And you're thinking, you know, you should be a sniper or something. This is another one of those tracks that, uh, you know, a lot of these games I knew for the gameplay. And a lot of them I knew because of the music and because you recorded it onto these mixtapes. So this is one that I don't even remember the original uh, This game. one is sort of like Burger Time. Okay. You know, you'd, but you'd go through and you were trying to make cakes and stuff like that. Listen to that analog sawtooth. Yeah. But, but you see what I mean? It, it's, it sounds like it should be in a military action. Yeah. Some of these uh, hackers, you know, hacking this in instead of like a- another track that they had. Yeah, I think it was a Rambo. Okay, Rambo First Blood. You know, Commodore 64 version. They had this song playing in there <laughs> instead of yeah, you know, the regular one. And then you know, it's like the next one. It was the regular song. So I'm going to end with a Rambo two song. It just listen how big those synth sounds are. Like this, nothing sounded like this back then. Not, 
not anything that you bought for 500 bucks at a retail store, you know. Like, people really strive to make these sounds now. With, like, modern sense, you know. Like I said, you know, it, it sounds more like it should be in a, in a military game <laughs> a, instead of uh, something that's like comic bakery. You know, <laughs> let's make cakes. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing, man. Like these games, they didn't really care what the content was. Like, we're gonna give this awesome music. Who cares? <laughs> they had people who wanted well, to that, do that. Uh, you to know, to me, and, and it was, was kind of funny. Uh, that's the whole reason I, I got the game is because I heard the music to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go to these uh, software shops and, you know, there was people playing these games. And I'm like going, ooh, what's the name of that game? How much is it? <laughs> it's like, oh, pff, two or three bucks. No problem. <laughs> Do you remember, what was it called? Daycug? Daycug. Dayton, Dayton Area, Area Commodore Com Users Group. Commodore. I couldn't remember if it was Commodore or Computer. I remember going, going to those. I was, what, six, eight, maybe, going to those. And I had already kind of, like, we had the Commodore since I was, what, four years old or something. So you, we would go there, and I'd, I'd already know all about them, you mm -hmm. know. And so there would be all these people who are older than I am now, you know, maybe, like, your age or my age. And they would have their little demo. Yes, yes please that, don't touch the displays, little boy. Yes, please don't <laughs> touch. And I'd be like, no, really, um, can I show you this cool thing? And there was this one. Do you remember um, Sam Say It? Oh, gosh, yeah. So it was like early speech synthesis like super primitive scary crazy sound kind of like a speak and spell sounding voice and but uh, you could adjust the pitch depending upon what you typed in yeah yeah and i used to have a blast with this thing and i knew how to yo, exploit yo, it yo, in yo, different yo. ways and stuff and so <laughs> there was this guy there that always had a 128 and he would he would play sam say it and he would leave that as his demo that's what he wanted to show off and that du that old dude would never let me touch his Commodore, and I made it my mission. <laughs> like, one of these days, he's going to let me use that, and I'm going to show him that I know all about it. And he never did, but <laughs> that's, that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway memory from that. Um, what do we got next? Commando. Now it's a military game. Yeah, so this <laughs> is a good one, and, and some of you might remember Commando. Actually, if I look in this cabinet here, I should specify Stacy has a copy of Commando for the Nintendo. That's this one right here. Oh, jeez. And uh, <clears throat> I had actually forgotten all about this game. And we were just, we did this thing one night where we were drinking a few beers and we decided that we were going to, we dumped all of our old Nintendo games. We have a combined collection. We dumped them all in a bin. And we said, we got to close our eyes and pull a game out of the bin and whatever comes out out of these 30 or 40 games, we're going to play that. Okay, cool. And Commando came out. I was like, okay, I don't really remember this game. And I turned it on, and the music started yep. playing. 
And I went, oh, Commando. And then it came rushing back to me. Uh, but I went, this version sucks. Because <laughs> it was the Nintendo-sounding music. Mm-hmm. And the, the Commodore music was just so much different and so much better. And so I actually ended up finding the music and played it for Stace. Like, listen to this version. And she was like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> and I went and found it and played it. And she was like, okay, yeah, actually, that version's pretty sweet. Um, actually, that brings up a good point, though. The way I was able to find that music, there's another project out there. And it's called Stone Oak Valley's Authentic Sid Collection. It's a, And I'm going to put links to all the stuff in the show notes for anybody who wants to check it out. What this guy did was he took, he was worse than I was, he took like Commodore 64 and then he took a newer Commodore 64 that had the newer SID chip and then all the revisions in between and then he built this crazy contraption and programmed the software with a bunch of relays and stuff that automated the recording of every SID file in the high voltage SID collection. Recorded them as high quality MP3s. So for people who aren't complete nut jobs who just want to actually hook up a Commodore 64 into a mixer, this guy was one of those nut jobs, and he recorded them to MP3 so that you could download them. Uh, so I thought that was oh, pretty neat. No, I haven't recorded or downloaded them myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a cool pro- – I mean, if you like – he's got YouTube videos and stuff of these cra- crazy rigs and the way he, like, was – he's super authentic about it. He's like, I didn't add any EQ, no compression. He's like, I did this one little solder thing to get rid of this noise. <laughs> that noise. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's just the raw output, you know. And so he's he's got these servers of just <clears throat> massive thousands of MP3 files of Commodore music. Uh, he said the purpose was to preserve Commodore 64 music in one of today's most common music formats, namely the MP3. Uh, the original SID music files today are played by millions of people around the world on software players that emulate the real hardware SID chips. The emulated audio material can vary a great deal compared to the authentic sound of a real Commodore 64. And from my point of view, why have something emulated when you can have the real deal instead? Yeah. One thing that I had <clears throat> trouble with when finding SID files and recordings of SID files was that there there was a U.S. version of the Commodore. There's a U.K. version, yeah. the NTSC and the PAL version. And if you played a game or a SID file that was meant for the other location, mm-hmm. it would play like 5 or 8% faster or slower. Yeah. So if you played a UK version here, it played slower. And so I would play all these songs that I recognized, but it was like, why is this in slow motion? <laughs> because you were so used to listening to those tapes. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at the screen here on these tracks it actually shows you this is a pal system it's using the 6581 chip Mm -hmm. like it displays all that information there which is pretty neat uh anyways commando let's get into this track uh this is uh rob hubbard one of the uh all-time greats
those higher sounds there, those... Like, that's kind of one of the exploits they used to do, is they would they would make these, like, really fast arpeggios. You know, they would they would play this, the couple of keys that are in a chord really fast, and, like, and it would just make it sound like this really big, full sound, and these really fast arpeggio sounds are very stereotypical of Commodore chiptunes now. Those sounds. how I like it. <laughs> I think this is the only part of the song that sort of get, got a little... That weird noisy yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> it's very <laughs> ravey, though. Uh, this is one of my favorites, Feud. <laughs> I, full disclosure, I, would, I, I played this game, too, but I would literally sometimes, as a kid, I would load this game just to listen to the music. Because if you you could load the game and leave it at the first starting screen where you start, yeah. you basically you were like Merlin or some kind of wizard, and you were collecting alchemical ingredients, and yeah, and herbs and stuff, magic and uh, components, so you, that you could defeat the boss at the end or something like that. Yeah, and so you had to bring all these components to cauldrons and stuff. And but uh, if you would just load the game and leave it where you started, nothing would happen. And so I would load it just so I could listen to the, the music loop. <laughs> <laughs> I would just leave that on while I was mm -hmm. doing whatever I was doing. Here we go. This track makes it very clear why I got into trance later. a weird screechy part too. Yeah. <laughs> Other yeah. than that, I don't really like it. Yeah, it's like some of the end of the stanzas, about three or four into the stanza part. It's coming up right here. And then right it here. goes, <laughs> like fingers on a chalkboard. Yep. that not like full stereo sound <laughs> like it's just it tricks your ears well if you'll excuse me when I connect I, I went and actually connected it to our stereo yeah so you remember hearing it even if it was mono stereo in stereo yeah because I had arranged it so that I took a mono a, a double jack and then it it was another Y chord, 
and uh, the RCAs went in the right and left channel. Yeah. And I took the mono and, and put it from the TV to that, to, and, and that, that was how we got stereo, even though it was a mono track. <laughs> and, like, just listening to the synth work and how, like, that... How it, like, the echo, the delay out time gets longer and longer. It just makes this weird, like, reverby, echoey mm-hmm. sounds that, like... Not long after this, I started getting into stuff like trans music, and it just makes a whole lot of sense. Like, yeah, I don't know what's up with that weird part, but the, <laughs> like the melodic, synthy, yeah. loopy, hypnotic, trippy nature of this—you know—really, I always dug it. Cool game too. All right, that's feud. Uh, crack out. You can do that one. That was another uh, sort of a, a block. It was like Arkanoid. Yeah, Arkanoid. Uh, you know, destroy the block kind of games, and then yep. hit the ball with the bat and hit yeah, the blocks. But, but the thing is, is that you would hit certain parts of the uh, board, and you would get, like, extra power-ups. You know, it's like you suddenly had three bats, or you had bats that would make it slow down. Or you could shoot yeah. with it or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty fun game. And the music to this game is pretty unique, but... One of the really cool things about it is this is one of the early examples of of a song that had uh, it was like variations on a theme throughout the mm-hmm. whole song. So like you hear the same chord progression and stuff through every level, but every level is also a different th- musical theme. So it's it's kind of neat. So we'll we'll skip through a couple so you can hear those, but um, they they're all b- based on top of this weird like chirpy yeah <laughs> sounding track which it'll start out with as soon as it loads here. They're all pretty weird, but pretty unique. through a couple tracks so you can hear what I'm saying with the, the <laughs> variations on a theme here. Stage two. I don't think that made the original recording. I thought the first one was fun enough. <laughs> This one. There's one that I really like. This one. Baseline right here. They're just such big, big sounds. You know, you didn't hear that back then. I don't. Right? I do remember playing, or adding those to the end. <laughs> 
there's probably a victory sound or something too. Yeah. Or uh, let's see. Those are all sound effects. Yeah. Power up. That's when the bat got bigger and smaller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mule. God, there's a lot of memories on Mule. This is a classic. Um, not only for the music, but for the game design. And this is this was another multi-platform one. It's, this originally came out on one of the Ataris or an Apple II mm -hmm. or something like that. And it won all kinds of game design awards and stuff. It's a weird-ass game. Um, but it's really interesting. You're like, how would you describe it? So you're like alien uh, what, what creatures. It, what it is, yeah, you're alien cultures, and you're trying to terraform a planet, and you're mining the planet and trying to... Uh, colonize it, right? Yeah, colonize it. Basically do the best in mining it and colonizing it and... And then you would have to uh, deal with pirates. Yeah, a pirate ship would show up and like clear out all your spoils. And mm -hmm. You had to grow food, make sure you could survive, and then you had to. You were trying to mine. What were the minerals? Oh gosh, Christite. Yeah, Christite was one of them. The money one, and mm -hmm. then Smith ore. Smith and that's what you made your mules out of that did all the work. Yeah. And you would have to go and like plot all these little areas, and it was a weird game. Um, just I've I've still never seen anything like it, and it, it's like really hard to describe. I don't know how you would teach somebody how to play it, <laughs> but the music was um, also very uh, highly regarded. It's a weird, cheesy little tune, just like a lot of these are. And the the clomping noise is reminiscent of a mule. Yeah, it's it's meant to be like a gallopy mm. kind of noise. Yeah. I'm gonna put your <laughs> your hand dance on the camera. from there uh, another one of those get stuck in your head all day kind of yeah. kind of tunes that, that's another one that i probably set for about five or six times um maniac mansion that's a cool game and that was another multi-platform game that i always thought that the commodore version was the coolest this also came out on like nintendo entertainment yeah. system and stuff and they, they made a sequel to it called day of the tentacle day of the tentacle which i think was more popular a lot, a lot more people probably know that name um but Maniac Mansion is kind of where it started, and it's one of these early uh, Lucasfilm games that used the, uh, what did they call it, SCUM, that stands for something, S-C-U-M-M. -M. But it's like a style of game, of adventure game, where it's kind of like a side-scroller, and you move around and you choose a, a series of actions that's on the bottom of the screen, like... It'll you'll have actions and then objects, whatever's in the room. Yeah, you, so you a, might say, yeah, you would do a point and click to yeah, pick a up object, objects, and then it's like the yeah the menu would tell you what to do with it. And yeah, pick up lamp or read book or whatever. And some of them didn't make sense. You were like read hamster or whatever. It'd <laughs> be like what? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was impressively good at at 
accepting commands. I mean, you'd pick some weird ones, and it'd be like, okay. And you'd be like, oh, wow, that well, actually what was, worked. What was really enjoyable about the game was the interplay between the characters that they had on the game itself. You know, it's like Alan or Alex or whatever they would. Yeah, because you could choose from, like, 10 or 20 characters, and they I would all give. I think there was, give... a, like, originally eight, and then, like, okay. but you were only allowed to play four to six at a time. You, you could play three at a time. Yeah. But... I think it like certain combinations of characters made it either impossible or really hard to win. So like uh, you would have these, uh, I think you and mom had like an old printed out walkthrough of the game. And I remember mom playing through it once and she picked the characters that told her to pick. And it was, you couldn't save this game. It was like you played through it or, and if you died or lost, that was it. You know, games in the eighties are brutal. So it was, yeah. And and you're literally uh, talking about playing, one game for hours and hours without having saves or breaks. Yeah, she or... she picked the exact characters that the walkthrough told her to pick and didn't save the game or anything, it and it her... still took her th- more than three hours yeah, to play. At least it. three and a half hours to and play it's through like, it. That's a long time to go without saving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this, uh, you know, the music to this was just was just awesome. It's about the only music in the game. It was just the intro tune. Yes. It should start out with like crickets, I believe. Crickets, and then like the meteor comes in, and and then and then the the main theme song starts. Yep. Here it is. Oh, they skip past the crickets. Yeah. Really cool intro sequence, didn't it? Yeah. basically meant to be like a cheesy 80s horror film yeah. parody. It was like a like a self-ironic... It's like having Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it, it played to all the, you know, typical scary movie tropes. Yeah, it was and like, uh, yeah, it's scary a really movie funny game. Meets, yeah, scary movie meets Rocky Horror meets... <laughs> <laughs> and he had the, the tentacles were in, that's mm. where the tentacles came in. They were like in a potted plant thing and they would hop around it was yeah which weird. is a play on the little shop of horrors yeah. too okay we talked about master of magic earlier uh describe the gameplay of that one master- it was almost all entirely in a mini map all yeah. the action master of magic <laughs> uh you were you know and graphically speaking this game was not very demanding but you were like this little yellow pixel and it was a like a fog of war map and yeah. you were crawling, literally crawling through this dungeon. And, you know, the, the, the theme song would play in the background the whole thing, the mm-hmm. whole time. And, you know, you would meet, like, bats you would have to fight. And then you would have to pick up sword and armor and, you know, whatever you can to 
Then there were skeletons. Yeah, and skeletons. Then minotaurs and bats. The, and the minotaur was the boss. Yeah, minotaur was. How many times I got killed by that freaking minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Once again, games in the 80s were brutal. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I would, you would go through, pick up a weapon, pick up your armor. Basically, you're getting yourself ready to fight the minotaur at the end. But this is like a very early dungeon crawler, you mm-hmm. know, predecessor to the, the Diablos and things that came later. But, yes. um, yeah, like you were just, you basically existed in this little mini map and you would crawl around and then it would show you, the, the graphical content was mainly like it would show you a picture of whatever you were encountering. Like if it was a werewolf, it would show a picture of a scary werewolf and then you had like a text box and it would say, the werewolf There's a werewolf you. run. Yeah, or you should get the <laughs> heck out of here or the you know, swing and a miss or whatever happens. It would it was text based. You know, it's very primitive, but also very I mean, did a pretty good job of, of setting the atmosphere and everything. And I think the music yeah, really but you had were, a lot to yeah, do with that. Yeah, but you were still able to uh interact with the game and have an action type of playing by playing the game actually and then the text. Yeah. This is one of the greatest songs ever made for the Commodore, I think. This is also Rob Hubbard. Very, like, medieval fantasy kind of yeah. sounding. Very appropriate for the game in this uh, I, case. And I like the, the sound effects played back and forth. That, and you can hear, like, chains rattle or hammers sounding yeah. on anvils. And... Very unique composition, too. It was based on an, a previous song that somebody else composed, but... things I remember about playing this song is that at a certain part coming up here you would go <laughs> I know the part you're talking about too because I later sampled that in a song that I made <laughs> the sound effect here we go that low bass line too so full hard to go through and you had already picked su- such a list of good tracks of stuff that I would have played anyway 
and it, it was so hard to like i wanted to put like panther on here mm -hmm. and i wanted to do like forbidden forest but oh forbidden yeah forest, dance of like, the uh, lucky archer yeah for, <laughs> thing about forbidden forest was like the the synth work was cool but it was like a bunch of four second song loops so it's, I mean, it wouldn't really be great for this format right <laughs> like <laughs> we skipped through some loops really quick i guess but um yeah, we're already um, about an hour and ten in, so let's listen to a few more of these. Uh, this was Phantom of the Asteroid. Yeah. This is a good one. I think another this Ron is another Hubbard. Rob Hubbard. Yeah, yeah Rob. That's only three channels of sound, mm -hmm. only three voices. that weird breakdown part too. Yeah. yeah, I want to make sure we play that part too. <laughs> those weird sounds in the background. Yeah. About Ron is he'd like to make his all of his music sound just so epic, very epic, and also there was always something really weird and dissonant in it. You know, there like that breakdown part where it had all the weird background, like mm -hmm. kind of off-key noise, like intentionally off-key noises. Um, R-type. This is one I added on. I couldn't get. I couldn't do this episode without doing R-type. There are so many different levels to R-type, though. Each yes. one had a, a, a <clears throat> sequence of a different song, depending on, and it's all like high energy action. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, all action. It's high paced, and you better be ready for it. And the, there was music to fit. A super fun game, but just brutal, just like all '80s games. You know, it was a side-scrolling um, shoot 'em up. Yeah, shmup as they call them, shoot 'em up. So you were a little ship, and you would scroll along space. and Also looking for power-ups that would yes. allow you to, to fire different types of guns and things to yeah. try to survive your enemy. And this is a game that probably some of our audience <laughs> is familiar with because it, it exists in a million different forms. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't exclusive to the Commodore. I think there was even a Super Nintendo. There's a Super mm -hmm. R-Type and, and stuff. But once again, the, the mu music was unique to uh, this version. And um, I'll just skim through a couple different tracks. This is one I could play the whole soundtrack to, but 
Yeah, well, it's literally probably an, at least another 20-something minutes. Yeah, it's like a full <coughs> album, um, which you didn't get a whole lot in games back then. Like, it's very... And again, one of those, that's another one that I'd actually had to play through and try to get that all the different... <laughs> that amazes me, because that game was just... Yeah. but uh, Not easy on you. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, there were... You had to have some sound effects to it, and it's like, I tried to actually make it match. So that you wouldn't notice the sound yeah. effects. <laughs> but you know, you had to you had to fire or or you die. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. This was Chris Hulesback, another uh, common name. see your uh, arcade action over there. <laughs> yeah, and you're literally pressing the button like this and trying to, to go back and forth. And <laughs> Pretty frightening. much time on one game, but I do want to play a couple of these. This is a good one. One of the first bosses. Yep. Yeah, at the end of this track... Sorry. At the end of this track, it would go into the high tense. Da, 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 da. Yep. I think that's next. Oh, no, that's a different one. Yeah, you're getting closer, and they're throwing all sorts of crap at you at this time right now. Here's the other boss. Yeah. And this is where I had to fire to keep to this survive. Was yeah, this is where <laughs> I had to fire to survive the, the level so I could keep the music. <laughs> it's like da 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 and I go pew 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 Nice. <laughs> see, we're see you were even sampling on top of your tracks. You were a DJ. <laughs> Skate or Die. Skate or Die has this amazing simulation of electric guitar that I had no idea was possible <laughs> out of this little thing. It's pretty neat. I don't know if it's sampled or what. It sounds like it's sampled, but and, uh, they they did their best to make it sound like a, a riff, you know, a, a guitar riff. 
like that arpeggio that plays yep. in the background the whole time, too. Hubbard track. Wait for that. Didn't want to miss that rhythm guitar strum there. Yeah, just so cool that they, you know, you, we heard some of Robert Hubbard's other stuff, and then this is like something completely out of left field compared to that. minutes long mm -hmm. really all right uh there's another one on here spy versus spy that also existed in a f on a few different formats i believe uh that, 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 one, that was yeah that was just a simple loop but uh, there's been like a group on youtube that that took it and made it and plus there's the uh oc overworked overclocked mixes yeah they they made their own versions of it. But it, one thing about this is you get really a sense of the analog nature of the, the synth. It's mm -hmm. just really like plucky and gritty. Weird little game. Fun. But I, I loved it because... Quirky. Yeah, I was... One, Mad Magazine was probably one of the things that I read a lot of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I confess, I read Mad Magazine. Uh, <laughs> so this this was like uh, this is turned on the Wayback Machine, but it was a split screen, right? And you yeah. could play it with two players. You were one you, spy yeah. on top and one on the bottom. One was the black spy, one was the white spy, and you were trying to get together. Uh, well, there were like two two or three different versions of the game. One you were trying to get the the compartments together to build the, the uh, uh, jet so that you can escape the island. Yeah. And and bomb the place. <laughs> so that the white spy or the black spy dies, you know. Yeah. And you're both working, and, and you would, 
shoot at each other and stuff like that if you encountered in cross screens. Didn't you like booby trap stuff? Yes, you you would. And yeah, the, yeah you'd see the, the pointed little spy laughing, you know, <laughs> when the, the other spy dies, yeah. you know. They, they had like a cone nose and, you know, they were yep. white, white, one was white, one was black, and they wore these wide brim hats. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they would... Uh, go out of their way to trick each other, and then they would laugh at each other when each other died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's our entire list of songs except for the Rambo track, and I did want to just send out to that one, so I'll probably hit mute and we'll just listen to that track on the way out. But, but uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or bring up or talk no, about no. the process or anything before we wrap it up? No, I mean, uh, we, we basically touched base on everything I did to to make these tapes, <laughs> which, uh, you know, it's like run patch chord, Y chord, back and forth. And, you know, it, it really got intricate in some cases. You know, it's like I I made, uh, let's see, yeah, the RCA to the Y chord, to the phono jack, to the phono jack of the other one, to the Y chord, to the TV, to... <laughs> Then you had to try to counteract all the noise you yeah. were adding to the system by doing that. Yep. And, yep. So then you're like, do I use the Dolby noise filter or do I not use the Dolby noise filter? <laughs> which, which fortunately the the tape player had. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was surprised the the quality of the the recordings that I made on the tape still stand up, and it's like, you know, I, I tried recording them on that Audacity, but the 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 sad thing is the little cassette. Uh, thing that I tried to use mm -hmm. absolutely made an awful humming noise and it was oh, awful no. so it's like you know yeah those are the best recordings that there are of it on that tape <laughs> okay so this one uh, did you ever play Rambo First Blood 2? I don't remember the game at all uh, I think um, well it, it's another shoot 'em up you were trying to survive you know all these terrorists and things and you were going through it was a like a one scroll, you go from one screen to another screen, sort of like a Zelda, but you're fighting all these enemies, and then, you know, it's like they would send bazookas and okay. grenades and stuff at you, and you were trying to survive to get to the last screen, I guess. Well, anyway, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Pops. This has been fun. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and uh, thanks for being a trooper and, and coming in and doing this. It's been well, fun. I, I hope I don't bore everybody. No, 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 this is... <laughs> This isn't going to be the episode for everybody, but for a certain piece of our audience, they're going to think this is really cool. So, And uh, this is track two of Rambo First Blood 2. Don't forget to visit us on patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. Sign up to become a supporter, and uh, you'll get access to our monthly bonus show called After Party. Also, don't forget about our merch at passionatedj.com slash merch. Get yourself a T-shirt, a hoodie, whatever you want. And uh, this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Take care. We're switching this to track two. Peace. <laughs>